You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Uh, Wow, a fun Sunday of NFL football. And Matt, I think the big takeaway here is um, we talked about it last week. Power ranked the AFC. And we knew we knew very little about these teams. We know even less than we thought about these NFL football teams. I, are the bad teams better and the good teams worse than we thought? I have no idea what's going on with the NFL. Every week makes me realize how little I do know about uh, what's going on in this football league at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Hit us with some questions for later on this week with Tuesday and Wednesday episodes. But Matt, today, uh, I'm hoping you can help me out here. I don't think I can. I'm perplexed. I'm kind of shaken up here and just don't know what to think. I mean, I was starting to get very confident leading up the Sunday kickoff, the early games that I think the Bills and the Rams are destined for each other and that the Bills are the only high quality AFC team, but there's five of them in the NFC. Well, the, those six teams all lost except for Tampa and the Cardinals, who won without their quarterback and wide receiver and are the only team in the league now with one loss. Everyone else has at least two craziness. And even like the Saints, I'm like, God, they're clearly the fifth best team in the in the NFC and probably the Vikings right after them. They both lose. You know, like I, I don't <laughs> know what to make of who's good and who isn't. Sometimes you can look back on a season and be like, boy, that one week was odd. And if that's true, It'll be week nine in the NFL. This was a crazy one. The thing is, I thought the odd weeks had already happened. I know. All right. Like the five and three bills now and and the Broncos I had left for dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Broncos nearly shut out the Cowboys. We'll get a little bit more in depth. Game was all close. These, right. With all these football games. Um, I, I, let's just jump into them and let's start with the one that's freshest in my mind, which was the one team that I thought maybe deserved to be a little bit higher in your power rankings. But what's funny is. The biggest, the most important, like I always talk about how running backs don't matter. And maybe this is even more of evidence of that. But the, the most important running back in the NFL, that maybe you could argue does actually matter the most was Derrick Henry to the Titans. Then they lose him for the season, pick up a running back off the street and go beat the best team in the NFL. I would have put the Rams probably post trade deadline at seven and one. My number one team in the NFL power rankings wise and the Titans went in there, beat them, both teams now, on the road, by the way, both teams now 7-2, and two, Titans over the Rams, 28-16. Yeah, I was laying the points. I mean, I doubled down before this game with my bets, thinking, boy, I think the Rams are going to roll these guys. And if he told me the Titans ended up the day with 69 rushing yards, I would have said, wow, I didn't bet enough. I should have bet everything I own in my house <laughs> and my kids' college funds because this was a romp. and. I'm not, I hope people don't take this the wrong way about the Titans. I'm not taking anything away from them. And I really want to commend their defense, especially mm -hmm. Bayard, the safety, and really especially um, Simmons and Autry, the interior defensive line. I mean, they're obviously much better up front. And that Rams offensive line is exactly littered with great players, but they've gotten away with it this year. But I felt like the Rams lost this at least as much as the Titans won it. I mean, those two Stafford awful plays back to back basically were way too much to overcome. I mean, he kind of 
threw that Wentz like ball going instead of taking the safety. And yeah. like, what I don't see that from him. And then a pick <laughs> six right after that. And the Rams were never in sync. Making a bad play worse there with Stafford. That's his worst game so far with the Rams. And, and yes. he tried to bring him back in this one and, and threw the ball almost 50 times. And his stat line at the end doesn't look that bad, but those two interceptions were really bad. The one out of the end zone, making a, a you know a potential sack, a, a touchdown for the other team, which is something you just cannot do. And then the, the Bayard interception as well. But I think we have to give more credit to the Titans defense for forcing that out of Stafford. You know, it's yeah. not like... Um, it's not like Bayer didn't make a good play on that pick. It's not like Simmons wasn't wrapped around Stafford getting ready to, you know, sack him for a safety to force him to make that mistake. So I, I want to credit the Titans defense that maybe we haven't given enough credit to that's kind of reworked and, and, and playing some pretty good football right now. And Harold Landry, has got nine sacks in nine games now. And Danico Autry with one and a half sacks in this game. And really the one that, that took the game over and was a game wrecker was Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks in this game. Um, he hit Stafford four different times and uh, just, just thoroughly dominated the interior of the Rams offensive line. Yeah. I mean, I loved the player coming out of school Simmons and he fell to, I mean, and credit the Titans. They've, they've taken a lot of risky Farley Wilson, you know, mm -hmm. picks lately. And this one has certainly worked out where they got a blue chip player at 75% of the cost on draft day, waited a couple months, threw him in the lineup as a rookie. And now he's, in that group that might challenge Aaron Donald someday for the best defense might, might be the next wave of young defensive tackles in this league after AD hangs it up. And I'm sure you had a little extra fire watching Donald on the other side and Donald was great. The Rams D was pretty good. Okay. I guess. I mean, it was more the problems and the Titans taking advantage of it. And I absolutely think Collinsworth last night was right. Cause he brought this up a few times and really credited Vrabel that this is a tough physical team like you often think of like the bears and packers and afc north teams as being tough and rugged mm -hmm. just because tennessee's a lovely state that doesn't have terrible weather doesn't mean that they <laughs> won't beat the crap out of you you know in battle that's well said yeah no that's a good yeah. point oh by the way how about this little note uh sony michelle he got that touchdown for your fantasy football squad right the emergency didn't you have him plugged in as i was pretty happy starts? about that yeah. it was the, the roughest week in fantasy history i knew that was coming i got we have a bench of like 10 guys. I think I had zero bench points. I mean, because everyone was on by or hurt. So I was just trying to survive. And Sony was a little cherry on top there at the end. I was like, ah, oh, that's an extra couple of points I could use. <laughs> you know, what's funny. And by the way, Deshaun Jackson, former Ram, uh, it has been revealed that he will sign with the Las Vegas Raiders. And we thought that exactly. would be a good fit. And obviously, you know, speed element to replace rugs. And they could have used that speed element last week. The Raiders could have, but so could have the Rams. The, the Rams weren't really built great for comeback mode with um, and Tutu Atwell, their their speedy second round draft pick is out right now on injured reserve. So Woods, Cup, Higby, those even Van Jefferson, those types of players in the run game is not really built well when you're down 21 to three for comeback mode. You could have used that Deshaun Jackson speed in this football game. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that. I mean, with, that, with the exception of Atwell, who doesn't play. I mean, they aren't the fastest group of receivers, tight ends in the league. Worst game by far for that offense. And you're right, though. The Titans look like they were in McVay and Stafford's head in terms of just schematics. You know, like, I'm not sure what they're doing to us. And we can't get these guys blocked. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a very impressive showing for Tennessee. I did not see this coming at all.
All right, let's move along to the Josh Allen Bowl. I, I don't want to mention too much Josh Allen versus Josh Allen stuff because everyone went overboard with that kind of stuff. But it was he was the player of the game, and it was the Jacksonville Jaguars Josh Allen who was all over the place, and um, and and I think he got more fantasy points with his eight tackles and two tackles for loss and sack and a pass defense and his um, the fumble recovery. I think and his interception. I think that gave him more fantasy points than actually Bills quarterback Josh Allen. This is the craziest one of the day with I, I I did not see this one coming with the Jacksonville Jaguars defense holding the Buffalo Bills offense to six points, beating them nine to six. And every time the Bills got the ball back late, I thought, okay, this is it. Jacksonville gave them too many opportunities and they closed the door every single time. Thought the exact same thing. Like, boy, this is odd. You know, it's six, six and a half. Good for those plucky Jags. Mm -hmm. You know, they're sticking around and, and Allen's not playing so great. And, They'll still win by 20. No worries. I'm not going to pay much attention. I mean, that's not the way it went. I mean, I didn't think this game would be 9-6. I didn't think the Bills would score six points against the Jags. The Josh Allen thing is rather hilarious to me and just makes me chuckle that Josh Allen was sacked by Josh Allen. Josh Allen was intercepted by Josh Allen. And Josh Allen picked up a fumble by Josh Allen which makes me so happy. So it's, the, 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 so there's it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And, and when you look at the Jaguars too, you would think, okay, Bill's Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, their starting mm-hmm. quarterback got hurt, left the game for a bit, ended up coming back. Carlos Hyde was their top running back, ran the ball 21 times, three yards per carry. Um, you know, th- their, their leading pass catcher was tied in Dan Arnold, uh, you know, with 60 yards. How's that a recipe to win? And and that was the team that won the football game against the team that we thought maybe was the best team in the AFC in the Buffalo Bills. Just wow. Three turnovers by the Bills, 12 penalties for almost 100 yards. I mean, usually these games, there's hidden hidden yardage and things like that yep. that aren't in the initial box score. That absolutely was true. Um, I think the Bills, though, are really going to get better, get used to getting – the same type defense as the Chiefs do, though. You know, I mean, that that deep, too high safety look, mm-hmm. you got to be patient, you got to run, you got to take the the nickels and dimes and death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, I think the Bills better get used to that. Josh Allen better get used to that. Certainly his worst game in a while, to be very honest. And I'm not worried about him in particular, but that that's brutal. I mean, to be honest with you, this, the, to lose this game, and New England's now on your heels all of a sudden. Oh, you mentioned uh, Arnold. You know, we kind of looked at that Henderson trade like, yeah, okay. They threw Arnold into, you know, like with this guys that make fantasy deals, like I'll throw you a fourth round pick and we'll seal the deal. No, I mean, he is a key part to that offense. He was the offensive MVP probably for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. Uh, You know, it's hard to find an offensive MVP there, but you you nailed it with the turnovers. The, uh, the, The team that won the turnover battle, in both of these games we talked about and many of the games we're going to talk about was the team that won the football game. You got to protect the football a little bit. And we're seeing a ton of teams playing, uh, um, you know, two deep safeties, making you run the ball. And a lot of te- fewer and fewer teams now in this day and age are prepared to just beat you running the ball. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much uh, put on a quarterback to make big plays. And if you're limiting those, it makes it a little bit more difficult for your football team. And we're seeing that with the Buffalo Bills. And you can bet that's the kind of defense they're going to be seeing a lot this year because, you know, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss aren't, aren't really getting it done on the ground for them. And, you know, part of it is uh, what's getting blocked up front of ahead of those guys as well. Another team 
that we're seeing that happen to is the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to talk about that game next. Uh, we're going to talk about the Patriots suddenly in this playoff competition that I didn't really see coming. Um, the, the the Kyler Murray list Cardinals being the 49ers on the road. So a ton more to get to, uh, plus that game that's uh, almost as inexplicable as the rest we've talked about, which was Denver and Dallas next. Does this sound familiar? I went through this this weekend out of town at the in-laws trying to figure out which device lets you catch the game live. Another device where you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for other types of good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your television together, and it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports and movies and uh and all your shows and everything you're trying to see on your tv get it together in one place with direct tv stream that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device really ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let's go to Dallas next, Matt, because this one was tough. And it, uh, by the way, another half of the Peacock and Williamson survivor pool exited this week with those bills and uh, Cowboys losses, and I barely hung on with my with my Baltimore Ravens pick that I thought was going to go down as well. Uh, we'll get to the, uh, to all those games, but let's go to to Dallas with Cowboys and Broncos. And look, thirty to sixteen, there were sixteen fourth quarter points, and those were late fourth quarter points. This game was not that close, and it was basically a Broncos shutout for the most part. It really was. I mean, it was total domination. Uh, I mean, pulling up these team stats, just don't write about the turnovers and things like that. No turnovers by Denver. Teddy didn't have to do a lot. Efficient, took what was there. Two turnovers by Dallas. Dak, I kind of shrugged it off last week. I'm like, oh, I'm sure Dallas would have, or Dak would have played against Minnesota if this was a playoff game. He probably would have, but he looked rusty. Mm-hmm. He looked out of sync. I mean, I'm looking at these stats. I mean, they didn't even hold the ball for 19 minutes. I mean, they had 1848 uh, of of time of possession for Dallas. I mean, they only ran 57 plays opposed to 73 for for the the Broncos. And Denver just kept running. And yep. this Gordon Williams combination. I'm sure a lot of us fantasy folks wish they could pick one, but it's a very potent one-two punch. They have enough weaponry. I thought the defense was so injured and or traded that they would start to really show their warts. Not at all. I mean, say what you want about Fangio and you and I both wrote the Broncos off, but this was a dominant win on the road against a very good opponent. Right. Yeah. The Broncos are the team I got the most wrong, you know, selling at the deadline, getting rid of a cornerstone player like Von Miller. And then, and it's funny because the Broncos dominated the Cowboys and the Rams lost (laughs) from that trade uh, of Von Miller going from Denver to Los Angeles. And yeah, running the ball 41 times, you get an early lead and then you just lean on the Cowboys and Javante Williams had the bigger plays, 17 carries for 111 yards. 
Melvin Gordon had the touchdown and the most carries there, 21 for 80 yards, and they just leaned on him with the run game. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, finding Jerry Judy a few times, finding Tim Patrick a few times, including a touchdown, and that's all they needed. And, uh, wow, they just whipped up on him and dominated him on the road. This was a, a huge shocker to me. It really was. And Zeke was in and out of this game. I don't think that would have mattered. I meant to mention this last game. Zach Moss left that game. That's not the reason the one of these teams lost, but it would have been nice to have been able to lean on him. I'm not the biggest QBR guy, but 24.1 for Dak QBR in this game. And, and he showed it. I mean, he did not play well. Similar to Josh Allen. Yeah, it was 24, yeah. 25, 26, something like that. Uh, I, one bright spot for the Cowboys is their first-round draft pick, Micah Parsons. He was all over the place. The Two and a half sacks, uh, 10 tackles total. Maybe the only player that really played all that well on the entire roster. Yeah. Um, he's, he's so interesting because they even had Demarcus Lawrence, you know, who is really the only, when you looked at this, the defense to begin the season, that's the only guy you looked at and said, eh, that's a pro bowl type player, you know, and parse. And I'm, even when they were team building, and I know Jalen Smith is gone. They drafted two linebackers. They signed Keanu Neal. They already had Vander Esch. They already had Smith at that point. I'm like, how are they going to get all these linebackers on the field? Well, <laughs> Parsons is just whatever you want him to be. He's just mm-hmm. a front seven player that just makes plays. Right. And you, you ship off Jalen Smith and there you go. And the problem fixes itself there. Just bring in talented players and, and find a way to get them on the field and, and allow them to do what they do best. Let's go to Cincinnati. Uh, there's an interesting note here with the Bengals and Browns. And, and I mean, the Browns just thumped the Bengals in this one. And sure we did. said, you know what? All the, the Bengals have to do, the, you know, with the, the passing game right now in Cleveland, all the Bengals have to do is be able to stop the run. Well, we should have stopped the conversation there because they didn't do that. And Nick Chubb was looking like vintage Nick Chubb, making big runs, 70 yarders. I, I love watching. Boy, was he good. I, I bad mouth the value of running backs, but I still love running backs. I still love watching really good running backs. And Nick Chubb is one of them. And seeing him break off those big runs with that extra gear of speed that you wouldn't think he has with the style of runner he is and see him run away from guys is so fun. 14 carries, 137 yards, a, a pair of touchdowns. But what I want to talk about is the way defenses are playing the Bengals. And we've seen it with the last two weeks, just taking Jamar Chase away, basically. He was targeted 13 times in this game. I think he had 10 targets last week and not really able to make a big impact. They're taking him away over the top and making – uh, making the Bengals offense sort of chip down the field. And we talked about that with the Buffalo Bills just now. And I think that we're seeing now that the Bengals and Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and that offense, they need to adjust to the adjustments there because that's the way every team should be playing them the rest of the way. You can't let the Burrow hit Jamar Chase on those big plays. And, um, and, and when they don't have that, we're seeing them struggle on offense. Yeah, well said. And I think it's a good time for the Bengals to have their bye, which is coming up. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Herbert these past couple weeks where you forget how young they are because they're so advanced for their age and you don't worry about them, but their speed bumps and their development and on your 20th start or whatever as an NFL quarterback, you're probably not going to look like Montana or Brady all the time. Um, you know, some of the, you mentioned big plays and that was a huge theme in this one to me, because again, if you told me the Bengals would run 70 plays and the Browns would run 46, I would have bet everything I own that Cincinnati won that game and covered. But, I mean, and the Bengals average five yards a play, which is fine. That's like league average. The Browns average 7.8 yards a play. And you mentioned Chubb and the big runs that he's had, big chunk runs, home run runs. Peoples-Jones got behind them for a big play. 
But the biggest play is the 100-yard interception return by Denzel Ward when Mm -hmm. the Bengals are going into score, which was maybe a 14-point swing very early in this game. And I'm not saying the Browns were lost without that, but that certainly put the Bengals in a real, real bind. Again, turnovers, turnovers. right? Uh, 3-0. Miles Garrett reminded everybody that he should probably be defensive player of the year in this game. Um, and I'd be right about that, yeah. And Baker Mayfield, maybe weight lifted off the Browns' shoulders here with the Odell saga being over with. And, you know, he was efficient. He didn't have to do a ton, but he threw a couple of touchdown passes. He had right a 132.6 rating, um, 14 of 21 passing, 218 yards, and a pair of touchdowns, you know, 10 yard per pop. So th- that was uh, just, I don't know, but it's really interesting to see how a team responds to different things in, in, uh, there's got to be something there with, with Baker Mayfield and the, the Browns offense and addition by subtraction with Odell Beckham, right? Or am I looking too much into that? You're probably right. You know, I've been very reluctant to say that. I mean, cause even late last year, boy, the Browns offense is better without Odell than it was with. And I was like, eh, let's see when you put them back after they figured it out. Well, mm-hmm. it hadn't worked. And I'm sure there's personalities and it's really easy for us to, look at these people like they're all robots and that, you know, the, the conflicts and the way they all interact as human beings doesn't matter. But I mean, you have to, you can't tell me that the Odell rugs, Aaron Rodgers situations didn't impact their team on game day. I mean, mm-hmm. it just has to, yeah. and I'm sure again, I'm probably looking too much into it, but if I'm Mayfield, it's just, I got enough to worry about. I don't need to worry about peppering this guy with targets or his, dad making videos or whatever sometimes it is just addition by subtraction and i'm excited to see where odell lands and he may be fine i I bet he produces in the second half of the year but you know it didn't work out time to go uh mentioned qbr before burrows was at 16.5 holy smokes you never see that (laughs) yeah yeah that's not great with the zero touchdowns the two interceptions uh, that'll do that to you um and on the brown side passing just spreading the ball around there was only one player that had more than two catches. That was Jarvis Landry. He had three catches and it was only 11 yards. He only averaged 3.7 yards on those three. So wow. he was kind of getting the ball out of his hands and getting it to everybody. And obviously the big one was the 60 yard touchdown to uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Who's had a lot of big plays recently. That is one thing about Odell though, that this goes back, you know, basically his whole time with Stefanski when he's in the lineup versus when he isn't, I'm glad you brought that up because when he isn't in the lineup, they really spread the ball around. You know, two catches for Peoples-Jones, Chubb, Bryant, Hooper, Landry with three, another one for Felton, Najoku, Schwartz. Like, none of those guys are superstar receivers. But if you have to defend all five on every play, there's going to be somebody that has a mismatch in the Browns' favor. Halfway through the season, by the way, Miles Garrett, 12 sacks already. Uh, he's he's looking like he's going to get uh, one of those 20 sack seasons, which is uh, yeah. we haven't seen for a while since Donald J.J. Watts of the world. So, um, yeah, he's having a, a monster year for the Browns and, and they seem like they're in a pretty good spot right now in that division, especially when five and four might be enough to get you near the one seat at this point in the season with what's going on in the AFC. More on that AFC playoff race. And a game they had to have, though. I yes. mean, well, if they yeah. lose that one, we're talking about oh, the Browns are done. And the Bengals now, who were talking a couple of weeks ago, and we had uh, Jake Lisko on the show, host of Locked on Bengals. Like, is this the one seed? This team is humming right now. And then 
wow, how quickly the brakes were put <laughs> right, on right. that. And Browns and Bengals both at five and four with the Steelers on Monday Night Football, a chance to join them at five and four. Uh, but let's talk about the other team in that division, the Baltimore Ravens, next. If you listen to this program, you already know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you're missing out. From the top down, starting with that outer layer of 100% real chocolate, you can tell it's something different. Built Bar is soft. Uh, when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating something that's not as healthy for you as it is. Most protein bars, chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down. Built Bar is not that way. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself. It's everything you're looking for in a healthy snack, something that tastes good that you can also feel good about. This month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three or four days. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball, pro and college, football, pro and college action this season. A new web interface, too, to start the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before at betonline.ag. There's news. There is not only basketball and football, but all the props and odds you could ask for for baseball, looking ahead to the 2022 season for some futures when it comes to Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to BetOnline's new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, where the game starts. Whew, I held on skin of my teeth in our Peacock and Williamson survivor pool, Matt, with that Ravens game. And I didn't think they were going to have it in regulation. And then again, I didn't think they were going to have it in overtime, but they did get the ball back and uh, the winning field goal 34 31. The Ravens hold on to beat the Vikings. Vikings fall to three and five on the year. The Ravens improve to six and two on the year. And now the Ravens are in a really good spot in the driver's seat in the AFC with some of the other losses we've seen. And, and I thought maybe the Baltimore Ravens were going to be another one of them, but they found a way to win and they leaned heavily on Lamar Jackson, who, I mean, when you watch a game like this and you realize how important he is, 266 yards passing, but 21 carries and 120 yards rushing, like they just had to ask him to do everything to come back and win this football game. And he ended up doing it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to bring it back home here to Pittsburgh, AFC North. This game and Browns-Bengals were the two games on around here. My phone was blowing up all day with my buddies talking about the teams in the division and all that, and Boy, the Ravens are not that good. Their defense isn't close to what it was. And I agree. I'm like, man, I, I put these guys second in my AFC power poll, but they've got a lot of holes. They aren't what they used to be, you know, and even going into this game, this was one of my favorite recommendations. Ravens minus six. They're going to handle the Vikes coming out of the bye. Harbaugh, get everything figured out. And my one buddy's like, if you pay attention, these teams are almost the same 
And the Ravens find a way to win the close game, mm-hmm. usually from Justin Tucker in some way, sometimes <laughs> 66 yards away. And the Vikings just figure out a way to lose these games. And that's exactly it. I mean, like that's exactly these teams are almost identical in terms of how their season's gone with just a small bounce here and there to separate six and two and three and five. You know, I mean, they're pretty similar on the field in terms of the product they show. But there is an art to winning in this league, and Lamar knows it better than anyone, maybe, and really stepped up to finish the game. Um, a couple other stats, you know, this was the team that was favored, that lost the turnover battle, two to nothing, that was able to overcome it. But how about this? I mean, time of possession, 46 minutes and four seconds as opposed to 23. I mean, double the time of possession. They ran 89 plays, like 60 is <laughs> usually the norm, you know, right. like, and they, of course they ran the ball a lot and, you know, you can play, you run a lot that way. And it looks like Freeman might actually be a useful fantasy player, maybe, but part of me thinks the Ravens are a little smoke and mirrors. Part of me thinks great coaches, great quarterbacks figure out a way to win. How about this to your point, the Minnesota Vikings at three and five have a plus three point differential on the season. And the yeah, Chicago right, Bears, right, who are also three and five, have a minus 72 point differential. They have the same <laughs> record. But the Vikings, you know, just keep losing those close games. And uh, it is pretty amazing how the Baltimore Ravens keep playing those super close games as well. And, and they're finding ways to win. And I think you got to point to Lamar Jackson is, is really the reason why. And, and they yeah. lean on him. And, it, and it's really awesome to watch that relationship with coach and quarterback, too, and John Harbaugh. And I love how he always asks. He's like, do you want to go for it? On fourth down, <laughs> and Lamar Jackson every single time is he knows the answer already. He's like, "Yes, I want to go for it on fourth down." And, but I, I just, I don't know. I just like that relationship, and it's really fun to watch Lamar Jackson play football. And uh, you get a little bit worried because you don't want your quarterback getting hit that much and carrying the ball twenty-one times. It's hard to sustain that over seventeen sure. weeks. But when you need a player to win a game, they just they, they they lean on their their star quarterback. It's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and the last thing I want to mention though is Marquise Brown that. The, the, the bet that I put the most money on this weekend was Marquise Brown over 58 yards, I think it was. Like, I don't think the general public, the fantasy community, the talking heads on TV realize how good this guy's been almost for a calendar year now. I mean, he is a star that meshes well. He's not just Teddy Ginn, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, he had 12 targets. He is a focal point and having a great year. And I know he was banged up a lot to start his career. Sure. He is so fast to see him at full health. Oh. You realize, oh, okay, yeah, that's why people were drafting him in the first round and had that grade on him. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is dynamically fast when you see him at full health. And you mix him with Bateman, who's really looking good and only getting better, and Andrews. That's a really interesting complementary threesome of receivers. Yes. None of them are like the other, you know. Right. Yeah. It was a really complete receiver group now and a talented receiver group. Yeah, very much so. And I don't think they need Odell Beckham there in in Baltimore. I would avoid no, that, I even don't. though a lot of people think that might be a good landing spot for him. If we're recording this noon on Monday, I will bet my bottom dollar he's a saint. So oh, interesting. Okay. The, the one team that I don't know how they're fitting people under the salary cap, yeah, but you know, they don't have a salary cap. They, yeah. They're, they don't, they don't follow those rules. Apparently <laughs> pretty amazing. Last one here that we have time for today. I want to talk Patriots Panthers and the Panthers 
in a rough spot now, still in the playoff picture in the NFC because that seventh playoff spot, uh, there's a lot of teams that are that are able to reach that, but none of them want to win a football game. They all lost. The Niners lost. The Panthers lost. The Vikings lost. Uh, we'll see what the Bears do here at three and five on Monday Night Football, but uh, they've got a tough one against the Steelers. Panthers now four and five. The Patriots, though, at five and four and just handling the Panthers here on the road, 24 to six victory. Was this the Patriots winning or was this Sam Darnold just looking like the New York version of Sam Darnold and just losing that game? Three interceptions. That was not good. And there was a funny clip going around uh, social media Sunday with Robbie Anderson on the sideline, just like, come on, bro. We're talking to Sam Darnold, like, what are you doing, man? And, and that's kind of the takeaway when you see Sam Darnold, 16 of 33 passing, 172 yards, but the three interceptions, he's turning the ball over like crazy right now. And it's like, uh-oh, here's bad Sam Darnold again. Yeah, and we mentioned a couple of these bad QBRs. None's close to as bad as Sam's. Sam's is at three. 3.0. That's three. not thir- I thought it was 30. No, it's 3.0. <laughs> it's 3.0. I mean, that's hideous. And he's just a really bad football player right now. And maybe forever. I mean, he doesn't see things well. He doesn't process things well. He doesn't reel it in when he needs to. He's too aggressive. Um, he there's I don't know how you can play him next week. I mean, I don't know how you can look at him and say this is our long term answer. And they gave right. a lot up for him. Um, McCaffrey came back, looked good. DJ Moore looks good, but nobody can get him the football. I, I think the Panthers D is very legit and can only do so much. But more importantly, I think Belichick knows all these things. And, yeah. and you asked before, you know, did the Panthers lose this one or did the Patriots win this one? No one probably in the history of this great game understands how not to lose better than Belichick. And I think he's doing a tremendous job of it this year. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, they're not exactly Jim Brown, but we're not going to turn this thing over. Mac Jones is going to make the throws he should. He's going to attempt 18 passes. We're going to be very physical on defense and confuse you and beat you up. And we're not going to lose it. I'll promise you that. And I think we were 100% on today's episode. The team that won the turnover battle won the football game. And on that note, J.C. Jackson of the New England Patriots, this info from Field Yates. And I knew he was a guy that was a ball hawk, but I didn't realize it was to this extent. Most interceptions in the NFL since 2018, J.C. Jackson, 22 picks. You look at the last three years, counting this year. Uh, most interceptions since 2019, J.C. Jackson, 19. Mm. Most interceptions since the start of the 2020 season last year, J.C. Jackson, 14 picks. So uh, he has taken the ball away on that Patriots defense. And that combination of Bill Belichick and J.C. Jackson and Sam Darnold uh, was not good on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers. No, and of course they had a defensive score. Um, you know, J.C. Jackson is a really good player. You know, why would you move on from Gilmore? They must be rebuilding. Well, they got this other guy who's pretty darn productive that can do a lot of things. And I've been really hesitant to buy in on the Patriots. I mean, just because I think their roster last year, I thought their roster was horrendous. This year, I think it's average. You know, like you're spending money on Nelson Aguilar. And, you know, I mean, I didn't understand the offseason at all. I mean, yeah. Could they win the Super Bowl, though? I mean, I mean, yeah, I know. I think you nailed it. They they locked themselves into being average to mediocre with a good coaching staff 
and they've got a young quarterback that's, you know, just not turning the ball over and, yeah, and makes and, throws. And, right. And so that they're, they're going to get some wins and they're five and four because of it. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No. Are they going to beat really good teams in the playoffs? I don't think so, but they could give some teams some trouble, especially when we see someone like the Buffalo Bills, who we would think wouldn't be able to beat those Patriots or losing to the Jaguars. Then who knows? Maybe, maybe the Pats can go win another Super Bowl and they have a new dynasty with Mac Jones. By the way, a quick note here from NFL research on Mac Jones. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones joins Andrew Luck in 2012 and Dak Prescott in 2016 as the only rookies since the merger to have five plus wins, 10 plus touchdown passes and 2000 passing yards in their first nine career games. Well, good company and three quarterbacks with great heads for the game. Nothing ever looked too big for them. (coughs) Excuse me. You know, they weren't asked to do tons as rookies, especially Dak and Mac, you know, that Dak would hand it to Elliott and manage the game and be smart. And Luck was, you know, a savant before he entered the league. And so is Jones. Really interesting. I mean, I, I wonder, will people take a step back after this rookie class? This is a bigger question. Maybe it's a Wednesday question. Maybe it's a Niners question for you and say, Maybe we should reevaluate these Mac Jones type quarterbacks and are they worth, you know, earlier picks, even though they might not have super high ceilings. I mean, all of that to me is very interesting. Um, we started the show BP with, boy, all these great teams, there's five great teams in the NFC and the bills. And I don't know what any of them are anymore and who's good and who isn't. I know exactly what the Patriots are. Yeah, I feel like I have a good a good idea of what they are, at least. And so um, they're a team that's going to be tough week to week, and they're going to play hard and uh, undermanned to to win a Super Bowl, I think. But who knows? Oh, maybe, I do too. But... May, maybe when just – and that's kind of it. Just when we think we know, then maybe we find out we don't know. I think you know what's going on with the Steelers, Monday Night Football. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. Uh, 49ers, Cardinals – Bad state for the San Francisco 49ers right now uh, that we'll ha- have to cover. Uh, Texans, Dolphins, a snoozer as Ugh. expected there. Uh, the Falcons upsetting the Saints on the road. And uh, right now, both of those teams would be in the playoffs, which is very interesting there. Uh, Raiders, Giants, and Chargers, Eagles, Packers, Chiefs, Jordan Loves, NFL starting debut. All of that coming up tomorrow. And uh, great idea, though, Matt, about you know, reevaluating rookie quarterbacks. And, and I think it's what we're team, looking for. And we, we sort of over value, you know, it's the recency bias thing. So now Mac Jones looks good. So now you go look for the next Mac Jones and then you end up with a Colt McCoy and then the, the superstar athletic quarterback that's got a cannon arm becomes good. Like the, the Justin Herbert thing. So like, I don't know, you just, you just got to evaluate each class and each player individually and, and get the right human being in there. And we don't know what this class is going to end up looking like. I still feel like Mac Jones is going to be not the best and not the worst of those quarterbacks, but it's funny because the team they just beat in the Panthers passed on one of those, all those quarterbacks in the first round. And does that come back to haunt them? And I think yeah. it will because everybody had the Panthers taking a quarterback. They decided to go the Sam Darnold route, which yeah. looks like it was the wrong route. So yeah, um, sure that's, that's interesting um, to see all of these things come together. We'll have to do a big project on that in the off season. Everybody wants the next Mahomes and we're going to talk about him. Right. You know, that's a volatile thing to want. You know, it's not always going to be, <laughs> yes. you know, that can have some downs too. And we're seeing that. And lastly, tonight, my betting advice with is my Steeler insiderness. I like the over, it's like 39 is the over under in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be 40 to 30, but put a couple bucks on the over and thank me later.
All right. I like that one. I like that little nugget from Matt Williamson on the way out. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day right here. Peacock and Williamson.